Hello, and welcome to St. Louis City Press, an international friendly. Joining me to talk about St. Louis City's 3-0 win over Miami is Nathan Halley. Glad to be back. Our man from Hanoi, Chris Hoff. Me too, buddies. Patrick Stark. Glad to be celebrating a designated team hat trick tonight. And Drew. Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's a full house to talk about St. Louis City win. Also a full house at the stadium tonight. There was some lightning, some rain. Only lasted a few minutes, but got off to a delayed start. Also really helped increase the thickness of the the air factor. So really unpleasant from that standpoint. Drew is already rocking his giveaway uh, phone wallet case. Oh, I'm glad you noticed that. I uh, really am enjoying all of the swag. It's basically all I have in my apartment. The delayed start gave us some time to talk about the the lineup that they rolled out. What'd you guys think? No Nico, but we had Alm in to start. I liked the lineup, but I said at one point during the game that I think the constant rotation of the forwards is causing a little bit of an issue in that there's no chemistry developing ignoring that. So I think that's like a generic problem. I'd like to see kind of a more consistent forward lineup. Separate from that, I like that lineup. I really like that that back four. Love to see Yarrow and Watts um, getting recognized for playing well. So I was happy to see that. With Leuven still working some rust off, I think at the start of the game, that was probably the midfield you'd hope for. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't have expected Leuven to be starting tonight on his return to, you know, return to match fitness. And I definitely wanted to see Indy out. We like to see our players play against their former teams. And when you say Indy out, you mean Indy in. Indy out on the pitch. Sorry. Yeah. Indy in the game. Indy to start for sure. It was the lineup. You know, it was the lineup that we needed. We needed to win this game. And then there's going to be a long break. And then hopefully Nilsson and Klaus can start to come back. Yeah. Who knows what the lineup will be next time we play a league match because we'll have a lot of returning players. Uh, who knows what state Klaus will be in, but Nielsen looks like he's really close, right? Well, and we'll have all of the signings that we make during the transfer window available, right? <laughs> I was looking on uh, TransferMark today at rumors associated with the team in TransferMark, ever reliable, definitely not a sponsor, 63% chance that the Icelandic young fellow is uh, joining our team. I think that's down from 66% last week. Oh, I I <laughs> love that metric. It's 63% chance we get him. And then for Conrado, there is a question mark because there's no data, apparently. I also don't know what data it, there could even be. It's worth saying that we're saying we've got this break. Uh, we are playing Columbus in eight days which is really only like one day more than our usual break. So are we really having a break? And Berkey and Parker have to go participate in the right. all-star events. But that game against Columbus, and I, you know, of course I want to see us do well in this league's cup, but it is not going to prevent us. It's not, it has no effect on the playoffs. Do we think we give Bunt, Bunt Cake a chance? I will be super interested to see the lineup we roll out against Columbus. I think we will roll out Bunt Cake against Columbus, but Berkey at home against Club America. How close to the rundown are we holding, Phil? 
Well, we're talking about the League's Cup, which was not at all in the rundown. <laughs> so the game. Let's talk about the three goals in that game. All three off of set pieces. Should we instead talk about the Michael Douglas movie, The Game, from 1997? <laughs> I don't know that movie. Is it good? It's great. All right, let's get back to it. I apologize. We should maybe that. have a watch party. We could have a watch party of these three city goals. The first one, across in to Adenarin. Love it. it. Beautifully in the side of the net. If I was a lesser person than I am, I would say something like, man, I wonder what we could have seen having a big old six foot five striker playing for us in those games where we were kind of lost up front. But I would never say that. Instead, I don't think you get credit for not saying something that you just said. No, I think you've said that before. You do, because as long as you say I'm all you have to do is say, I don't really mean this and then say it and it's fine. Uh, point being, I, I, look, I've been consistent on this from the very beginning, and I think I will go to my grave feeling proven right. Um, he had a great game, and that goal was awesome. And and separately, speaks to the niceness of having a a tall striker, an er, Erling Hollandish character, if you will. <clears throat> Beautiful goal from a Denneran. Nice cross in from the corner. From was that Jackson? That crossed it in? Uh, no, it was uh, Indy. Indiana Vessel. I thought, I thought some of the earlier crosses were had a little too much oomph on them. Those were Jackson. Both of those. But both of those Hebert got on the end of them. One of them, Hebert, you know, the goalie got it. But one of them yeah, created Hebert an opportunity. Made, Hebert made good on the oomph. But that was the correct amount of oomph. And Adenarin drove it home. And it, it felt good. With Plam again in there and Tim Parker, the neck, we are getting so dangerous from like on the first header. I mean, and Heber did it a couple of times early as well. Okay. We need to pause and take an aside and ask a serious question. Have the nicknames gotten out of hand? Yes. It's fine for us, but it's presumably super confusing for anyone that listens to this podcast. It was the Gary situation. Gary situation. Which is weird because he's got such a great name. Why are we calling him Gary, which is a terrible name? It's just empirically not a good name. The Indiana Vasilev is such a beautiful name. It is a great name. That's the whole joke. Is that or none? Best nothing. Name. It's a nothing the name, league, and that's the joke. <laughs> All right, but I am going to stick with Acelio for Acelio. Great goal. I feel vindicated. And it was. Uh, yeah, Indiana Vasilev, lovely high cross to the big man who, as far as I can tell, having just watched the replays again, uh, I don't think Miami has any idea how to defend a corner. There was like no <laughs> movement, no jumping. There was zero minimal, there's minimal effort trying to get to that ball or stop the city players from getting to those balls. Well, see, and I don't, this is where Messi's not going to help him with that. Absolutely not. Um, I I will also say it was a beautiful celebration from from Sam. He he ran around like cheering the crowd. He came to the sidelines, made a big show of it. It was it was beautiful. It two percent two percent assuaged my fears that he hates being here. I'm pretty sure that's basically what he did after his first goal. 
Uh, just it's just the camera cut away That's from much. him. Okay, that could be. He he, he goes and celebrates with. He'd smiled a lot bigger this time, but he go seems to go and celebrate with the bench. After his yeah, second goal in right. that first game, right. he went and celebrated with the subs on the sideline. You know, that's like that is like, um, you know, John Cusack taking donuts to the striking actors. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I'm going to I'm going to be OK with that. The big name showing love for the little guy. It was a stretch. Second goal of the night was a cross in from Jackson. Tipped by Parker into the back of the net. It was confusing in the stadium. We were unclear if it was actually a goal. From our angle, it was initially hard to tell. Yeah. Because it went off the post. Right. No net movement whatsoever. On the replay, you could see it then hits the far side of the net. So I just have to say that I am like everything I say, you should just ignore because I'm an idiot. Because I think I said like two weeks ago. Oh, what a stupid thing to say that Parker's the one guy you want to leave unmarked. Like, you don't want to leave anyone unmarked. Yeah, it turns out, actually, you don't want to leave Parker unmarked on these corner kicks because he's brilliant at it. He almost got another one later in the game, too. He did. Did you guys notice Tim Parker had a head, <laughs> had a defensive clearing header that was basically a pass down the field to set someone up on the counterattack. He used his neck muscles to cross a ball with his head. It you gotta worry about that dude's brain. Beautiful. Though. Oh yeah. Now I agree that Tim Parker is well quick, he's one of the most cranially gifted players in Major League Soccer. However, he is this was his third goal of the season, uh more than doubling his in entire career total having only scored two goals previously so if you left him unmarked from the years 2019 through this season you would have been completely safe because he did not score a single goal for four seasons patrick i have a question for you what is your definition of more than doubling two going from two to five Okay, so you're talking about total score. Total, yeah, his okay. total goal scores, his career total has more than doubled this year. Okay, I thought you were saying three was more than double two. You know, funny math, but I think my statement close enough to hold up. That is interesting because we were having a discussion in the car ride home if there's something about our style or something that he's like, having a revival here in St. Louis or finding himself. That stat you just said would speak to at least one part of his game, that being true. Well, he's so with the system in terms of charging up and, you know, trying to, to create turnovers midfield. Yeah. That is very Stepping up to tackle, especially in transition. Yeah. Yeah. It's super important to our style of play that we have someone who does that. And Blom. To the, the first two goals, uh, we are exclusively taking outswing, outswingers for our corner kicks. We haven't seen an inswinger in several, several games. I think that is interesting. I don't personally, I like to attack an inswinger, but I think the statistics show that you create more chances with outswingers, while perhaps more uh, the higher conversion rate of chances is for inswingers. When Leuven was starting for us, he would take corners from both sides, correct? Yes. And he would have to take in swingers. Yes. Yeah. 
but yeah, no, we were switching. We had, you know, Indy on one side and Jackson on the other, I think repeatedly. Are you saying starting as a starter, not at the beginning of the season? Because at some points, Indiana Vasilev was taking corner kicks, I think, to generate outswinging corners. Okay, fair enough. Speaking of Edward Leuven, the third goal straight over the five-man wall into the corner of the net. Oh, baby. Most Okay, I was going to say, that is a hard goal. Most times, the assumption is when you are that close, you aren't going to put it directly on goal because it's too hard to get it over the wall and into the net. So that was a beautiful, a beautiful goal. It was. And even when he was lining up for it, it just felt like he knew he was going to score this goal. If we're thinking aesthetically, the the goal he scored against Vancouver, that was the postage stamp from in the corner from way out there, was kind of hurt by the fact that the goalie made such a mess of his positioning. Not that I, I on the record, thinking he was wouldn't have gotten to it anyway. But this one, Calendar, the goalie, just couldn't reach it. He wasn't in a bad spot. He just could not get that ball. Yeah, I mean, maybe you want the wall to jump higher and take that in the face, but like I, I just think it was beautiful. And yeah, it, not something to prove is maybe the wrong way to put it, but with him coming back, it was just like, let me show the home crowd what I can do again. Yeah, I mean, that's him fully shaking off the rust, isn't it? 4.97% chance to score that goal, by the way. That's super low. I thought on some of, moving on talking about the players, on some of his distribution play, overall, it was great to have him back. I think he made plays that you don't see without him. Um, but he did have some some touches that you know I attributed to like, yeah, he's still a little rusty. Give him a few weeks. But I was super happy to have him back, I thought. Um, you know, even outside the goal. It looked like he warmed up after a first, you know, five minutes of a couple bad touches. He had some really nice ones. One was to put Celio in on the right side at one point, first time. A couple other nice, just little tricky ones. Celio, I thought, was fantastic. I mean, I think he just his speed, I think, forced Miami into the the yellow card foul that gave Leuven that opportunity. Yeah. Celio was so fun to watch. So there have been times where we've said Celio should pass more. The one pass he attempted was terrible. And all of his little his runs were amazing. Like his sometimes his second touch was a little bit too uh, was a little bit too strong and the ball looked like it was getting away from him. But it was just enough to lure in the Miami defender and Sally was fast enough that he'd still get to it first and cause a lot of chaos. It was really fun when he was just tipping and a tapping out there. Some good tippy tappies. Uh, you forced me to make a choice. He's my favorite player on the team. Has been since the very first City 2 game I went to and I thought tonight was one of his Better Knights almost scored a really beautiful goal uh, coming yeah. in from the right side, uh, beating off some defenders, making it a turn at the end. Would have liked to see him score there. I I feel like personally I would have maybe liked to see him come in for Stroud earlier in the game. Maybe the consensus is that Stroud didn't play as badly as I thought because my personal feeling was that if I was the coach, he did something in the first half that I found so egregious, and I don't remember what it was because he did so many things after that. Maybe like just fumbled a pass or did something stupid that I would have subbed him out right then and immediately released him on a free. Nate, so, you, did, you didn't like his long shooting. 
And I don't like his long shooting. Yes. And, and, you know, and and that's that's fine. Some of his long shots were kind of soft. But one of them, which was from the furthest out, caused Callender, the goalie, to palm it away, but into the back of their own defender and out, which set up the corner kick that Parker scored from. He led to a number of corner kicks. Just real quick, is Callender his real name or is this... A nickname because like his real name is Pot Pie, so you call him that because of Marie Calendar. <laughs> we okay, we can't start giving other team players <laughs> nicknames. We can't do that. But we do because we like we have Petty Capetti. That's his name with an adjective. We see we do, we do. Anyway, I thought Stroud played horrifically, and like I said, I would he would if I were in charge, he would no longer be a St. Louis City player tonight. Maybe it's good that I'm not in charge, but I think he had a terrible game. He kept, like, he takes too long, um, or at least tonight, he was taking too long with his first, second, third, fourth touches. He would, like, loop back around, outside in, and then just give up the ball to the other team. I don't know what he was thinking. Fat Mob thinks he did great, so God only knows if I'm right or wrong. Does anyone else want to defend him? Or I'm happy to. I strongly disagree with the negative assessment of Stroud. I thought he was ever present. I think even you and the other Stroud haters in the Discord had to acknowledge that he was everywhere. He was getting into the spots. He was involved in the game in a serious way. His shooting and his decision-making when he had the ball was dubious at times tonight and i'll grant you that but he his decision making off the ball was exquisite i think and except for really the only thing i strongly blame him for you know and i can't even really strongly blame him for it was that uh, that one time chance that he had from that beautiful ball over the top landed and he, he took a good shot it was a great save by calendar early in the first half you want that going in the problem is that if Stroud could finish those opportunities, if he could get the ball off faster, he would be an absolutely incredible player. As it is, he doesn't convert those chances. He takes too many touches and doesn't get it away. But he is creating opportunities that other players just wouldn't be creating. So like, he doesn't finish, but... He's creating the opportunity that wouldn't have even been here if not for his work rate, if not for his effort. I think, and I think the reason that Carnell plays him as much as he does is he plays the system. Like he is pressing, he is doing the things that we want out of players off the ball and just in general. And yeah, would love to see more finesse and more finishing, but I don't think you can completely fault him. At times, I think he. It seemed like he was looking for someone better to pass the ball to, which, you know, is sort of indicative of him trying to play within himself and come to the realization that he doesn't need to be the guy that always makes the magic happen. Uh, He can win the ball high up the pitch and then pass it off to a Leuven and our more creative players who can do their final third magic. I thought he needed another runner within close proximity to him at various times. And he might've benefited from that. So here's my problem with that is there were two runners that kept trying to make runs named Sam Adenaran and Rasmus Alm, and no one was passing to them. There were 
countless times they could be counted, but I wasn't counting where they were making those runs and no one was reaching out to them. You could tell they were getting frustrated because they kept looking back and raising their arms up and being like, what the hell is going on? Both the problem from the midfield and the defense where they were making timed runs constantly and just sitting there. And then there were a few times where finally people did link up to them. And that's when it led to really good things. So it's like, okay, yeah, it would have been great if Stroud would have done that. But there were those people there trying and he was missing it constantly. Well, to back you up, Nate, and not about the Stroud thing, because I am neutral, but to back you up about the strikers making runs, one time Parker just put a ball over the top and a Denneran went on to it, and that's what won us the corner kick that led to right. his goal. Yep. I don't think Stroud was the main culprit there, was he? No, I think the defense was, in general, the, the culprit there. But just saying that... Maybe that's not and and talking to this, maybe it's not our style to to do that, to be having these guys making perfectly timed runs. And if that's the case, then like we probably need maybe different strikers or I don't I don't know. It was it was getting really frustrating to me in the match because I like a dinner like Celio favorite player, but of the starters, you know, Sam and Alm. So I was watching them a lot, especially like it was great. A three nothing win you're not gonna complain about. Now I'll complain about you know, no <laughs> goals from open play, all from set pieces. I think it felt sometimes like I described it as like Looney Tune soccer, where it was just almost like craziness that was happening, like the ball was bouncing around and players are falling all over the I think you're talking about the MLS. Could be. Could be. Um so it would have been nice to see a goal from open play. Celio was was close there. But I think, you know, maybe we could have timed one of those runs and and had a shot at it. But not going to complain. 3 nothing win against worst team in the league. I think my favorite one that we also didn't score on from open play was when Berkey, you know, had, maybe he'd had enough. But in any case, he's just so good at just leading the charge. When he, made, he got the ball, made a save, and then basically just booted it all the way down to Stroud. And, yeah. Uh, Nothing much happened after that. That side foot chop action that he does sometimes. Yeah, it was beautiful. And then Stroud, was that the one where he just sort of lightly passed it to the opposing goalie? Or was that a different time where he just kind of completely screwed up an opportunity? I'll need need to rewatch it. But it may have been the one time when we wanted him to shoot and he elected to pass. (laughs) I think that's what it was. I think there were two times where he should have shot. It looked like he should have shot and he didn't. Like Chris was saying, like almost like he was looking to pass to someone. And I, I, I say let it rip, Stroud. I thought he, I, I was pleased with him overall. Other players, I thought Jackson again loved him, had a good night. Maybe not as good as previous, but still had moments and lots of lots of energy. Thought Blum was spectacular. Absolutely, I thought Blum was spectacular, and the fact that the people at Fot Mob gave him like a six point six means you never listen to anything they say ever again. I, I mean, countless times he just steps up and completely changes the flow of the game. He lost a couple balls tonight. He was We were able to get them back shortly after. A lot of it, I think, coming from pressure he was supplying. But he wasn't handling it quite as well as he usually does when he had the ball. But he was gaining the ball a lot. And I, I overall, I did think he had a, a fine game. But I did notice it seemed like he lost the ball three or four times, which seemed 
unblom-like, unblom-leavable. <laughs> right? That's his nickname. <sighs> I think he was great. I think both of you are right, but overall, he did some marvelous work, both of on the ball he and, of he and, he and stopping. He touches the ball so many times, and it's so important that, like, yeah, there are going to be times where yeah. the situation he's in is impossible, and so he only pulls out a 90% solution from an impossible solution. and instead of perfect when Blom gets the ball or when he stops the attack as he is wont to do it's like someone just took a bunch of adaban and was able to diffuse it on the crowd just instant relaxation he plays it at like a slightly different pace than the rest of the players on the pitch any other performances we'd like to call out that watts played well watts yeah yara played well i really like that back yeah. four back four i thought did well nerwinski i thought played well he he almost had a beautiful goal. Yeah. He had the kind of shot he had the shot that I've taken eight thousand times in FIFA. <laughs> I just keep thinking that it if all we're gonna do in this transfer window is get a true left back, true left fullback, that would be really nice. Hebert's doing great, good. He's he's hanging in there, but I think those those fullbacks are so important to how we move up the field and he still gets stuck sometimes, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I'm running out of reasons that he can't be our full-time left. Yeah. I get that he should be involved in the buildup a little more and it'd be nice if he was a left back that could you know, cross with his left foot. I'll also say in one interview, he said that's not his job and that's what carnell has told him he says don't go there and play outside of what you're you know he, he's not trying to do that so that and that's part of the plan so you know there's something to be said for that too i think where he's doing his job which is as we've talked about before you can put him up against just about anybody one-on-one -on -one, and he usually is gonna hold his own and now he he doesn't transition as well so I think it's really easy to fall into this thing where you're like, okay, he's doing well. Everyone is, it, it's like this, this good enough mentality. And I think it's affected the Cardinals some. And it's like, we like these guys and we're sentimentally attached to them. And so it's hard to take a step back and be like, oh, well, there's someone that could be a 50% better left fullback and completely change our attack up the left side of the, the field but because we like Hebert, we don't even think about it because we're like, oh, well, we've got that covered. It's like, but we could take it to the next level. And I think there are a couple of positions where it's like we like these guys, but we could take it to the next level. Sort of talking about this in the car, more in the context of like players that I think will be gone. As much as we like the name and the personality of Indiana Vasilev, I think he's a person that you could replace with a midfielder of the next level. I still... I think Indy looked so good those games when he was playing the position, you know, the position in the formation that suited him. He did, but I'd rather see Jackson getting those minutes. They're two totally different players. I can't agree. I don't think they, they steal minutes from each other. In our best lineup, I don't think, I think they're both on the pitch. And Tell me where you put them. Uh, Well, so what is it, a 4-2... What did we play today? A four-one-two-one-two two today. I genuinely want to hear our best lineup that has Jackson, Leuven, 
and Vasilev in it. So Blom four one, Blom at the six, Vasilev and Leuven. Eddie Lyons next to each other, and then well, but see that I think Jackson and Leuven next to each other, right? That no, and Jackson's the number ten in front of him because we had a four one two one two, right? I think Indy was strongest when he was playing number 10. The or one, point, one, one, two. The point was four, two, one, one, Indy one, one, was one, doing two, well four. when he was playing the 10, and now we're saying, oh, no, we want Jackson to play the 10. No, no, I've, I've never said Indy should play 10 in my life. I no, Who has said that in this pod? Raise your hand. Phil, you just said that. I think that's when he played. That's when he played the best was when Leuven fell back and Indy played forward. Well, no, they both, they both played eight. They both played eight. I think we're getting lost in things that get attached to those numbers that aren't actually how they play. Drew, you're on mute. You have been. Oh, good. Because I was saying some nonsense. Anyway, uh, when Chris was saying all those numbers, I was thinking of those <laughs> phone calls in the 1990s you could make that were 1-800-COLLECT-SUBSTITUTES, uh, like 10-10-3-2-1. 1-800-I-LOVE-BRAND-NEW-CARPETS. <laughs> I'm going back to mute. <laughs> Other substitute. We substituted Ostrak on. I don't I don't know that there was much to say there. Well, Alm had a beautiful run early in the game and saved the ball right on the touchline. And I think everyone was so shocked that he did that, that nothing really came of it. But it was amazing and deserves recognition. Oh, Celio had an amazing. Was it Celio? It he was. had that amazing defensive run. Yeah. Yeah. And he closed them down. That was great. So what's the ideal lineup for you, Nate? Let's hear it. Assuming everyone's healthy. Yeah, Klaus everyone. is healthy. Okay. Klaus Nothing. and Aden are up front. Ben Lunt is healthy. <laughs> All right. Ben Lunt playing at number 10. It's where he's always meant to be. Okay. My lineup is a, a diamond. So Aden and Klaus up front. Jackson. Celio out left. Alm out right. Blom. And wow. then the, the back four you saw tonight. You just dropped Eddie Lyons. I did. I trade him for, sell him back to the Bundesliga. I think you're going to regret that. Did you see that set piece? Yeah, but I also was on the record in the car saying that he had a terrible night beyond that. And in his defense, he is shaking off a lot of rust. The car is not the record. <laughs> no, the car is the record. I'm just saying, like, I thought he was nothing and then had a beautiful set piece i thought he changed the game he some really crucial passes he put uh celio through for that one he almost scored i think he changed the whole shape of the game even being rusty he enabled a style of play that does not exist without him did we score like a lot more goals once he came on was our xg a lot higher once he came on like what's the where's it where's the data to back well, it up no our goal scored outperformed our XG when he came on. This is a piping hot bunt cake of a take. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think he'll get better once the rust comes off. I think he'll be fine for the, the back half of the season and, and it'll be good to have him. You asked for my top team and he's not on it. He's not fast enough for me. I predict that you will change your tune very soon. I like a team that's super fast. I think he is comfortably the the best player on the field. You know, Berkey, Berkey aside. That's... That's fine. He doesn't fit the formation and the tactic that I would like, which is a diamond with a lot of speed. He's not that fast, and I'd rather have Blom in there. I don't think you can then justify having Klaus up there with Sam Denneren. Why not? Speed, 
Chris, what's your what's your ten? Um, Unless eleven, if you want to talk about bunt cake. Our starting back line from tonight: uh, Blom alone. I guess it's a diamond to with Leuven and Vasilev with Jackson in front of them. Then Alm and currently probably a Denerin, but probably an informed Klaus at some point. That feels real weak on the wings. Yep. Indy can cover the ground. Messi destroys that team. Messi destroys any team. Messi will get a lot of free kicks in his own half, and that's all he'll have to do all game. Here's another question from the car on the record on the way home. If Messi is in that game and he is the only change, is the outcome different? Probably. Uh, they may score a goal. 3-1. I think they might win. We would have still scored our goals. He doesn't stop those set pieces. Chaos Theory says that everything is completely different in this case. Maybe we win 5-0 then, you know? Chaos Theory. Here's what Messi would do. Dribble the length of the field without losing the ball. <laughs> yes. Whatever constantly. he wanted to Destroy our back line at will. Uh, you think Bloom would have nothing to stay, say about that? I think he'd try. I think he'd try real hard. I think that's what's going to happen is people are going to try real hard. and He's going to get fouled a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How does St. Louis compare to like some of the worst national teams in the World Cup that we've seen him play against? Far worse. No, I see. I think a lot of national teams are much worse than the clubs that their that, players that's come That's absolutely from. true. But okay, like... But what national team that would be in the World Cup are we significantly better than? I don't think the Argentinian national team is even that good without him. The reigning champion national yeah, Argentinian I think team? With, that's without, what I'm talking about. I think because he's in it. Honestly, the rest of those guys are pretty good at club level, but they are have been a shambles as a team. The more interesting question is, how does St. Louis City stack up against like some of the bottom league teams in league one or la liga that he's been playing against for the last decade like that's the that's the comparison for what we can come to expect saudi arabia was in the group stages with argentina and beat them saudi arabia is a not bad national team but because they don't suffer from a lot of the same uh, continuity issues that other national teams suffer from right was to say they all play domestically and they all get like all the vacation time they need from their domestic league to warm up and tune up with their same with Cutter, who plays well above what you would expect from a country of their size. We're running super long. We need to shut this down. We'll talk about Messi in plenty of upcoming podcasts. Wait, we so we've had multiple requests from at least one listener of the pod to talk about the environment at the stadium. I want to address that in a little bit. Had pie guy pizza tonight. It was really good. I got one slice of sausage, one slice of pepperoni, go for sausage instead of pepperoni and hit it up with the hot honey that they've got sitting there. That adds a lot to the experience. That listener does not like pie pizza. And I think would have hung up the podcast at the point that you excluded Leuven from your starting team. Yeah, well, she almost got rage, out of the rage car, quit the podcast. To be honest, for her ridiculous take that he had a good night. <laughs> Not a <laughs> single other person you've come across has agreed with your take. What? What? He scored an amazing goal. That's 
that's fine. I'm willing to, to go out on a limb here. And I, look, for a long time, I was the only one saying that we shouldn't have let Sam and Denerin go. So his, history proves me right. You can go back and listen. That is entirely untrue. History will prove me right again. Quick vibes check. LAFC drew with Minnesota and so dropped two points. And so our our last week when we played these two weak Eastern teams and beat them and lost to our rivals away has proven to, I don't know, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Real Salt Lake. Lake. Yeah. Moving ahead of Seattle. Hot. Real Salt Lake are, are looking hot. Who was the signing that they made? Uh, Arango. Isho Arango, who scored a goal in 20 minutes. I do think that looking at the standings, there was some talk a couple of weeks ago that maybe we could make a push for the Supporters' Shield. I We're 10 points behind Cincinnati in that. And there's not a ton of season left. I don't think we will catch up for that. Absolutely not. But I think we can make a run at a Champions League spot. Why is there... Order shield for the whole league. Why isn't there one for the East and one for the West? Well, so it sort of doesn't matter because, well, it, it does, but the top two teams from the East and West both make it to CONCACAF Champions League. So you don't get to it's say not you won. exactly that, but it's close. Okay. The winner of MLS gets it. And then the winner of the other league gets it or something. Look, for all and then it's like the two next teams, but it's not specific to division. Anyway, I don't know. For it's all confusing. the negativity people get me, give me, I legitimately think this team, St. Louis City, has a chance to win the league this year, and we should be pushing for that. I mean, we are in first place going into the All-Star break. There's no reason to think that we couldn't win the league. We've beaten since... You mean the Western Conference? No, the league. Win the playoffs, win the goddamn league. Like, why couldn't we? Not the supporter shield, not the supporter shield, trophy. the playoffs, the oh, you mean the MLS Cup? We could win the MLS Cup. I think that should be our goal. You don't get that many opportunities. Like stuff is such a like, you know. Look at you know. Well, Philadelphia is in in third place in the East, but way behind. Like you you play for the now, and the now is that we're in first place and go for it. Sign a no name left back, and let's make this thing happen. <laughs> here, here. If Klaus is never going to come back, also, we could maybe still use another striker. Yeah, that's fair. There does appear to be a Western Conference Champions Trophy, and I would like to get that. I would like us to get a trophy. Is that like how in being the best in the West in the NFL, like there will be a conference champion trophy and then there's also the the NFL trophy? Yeah, I think we've got a chance. Look, we have. I'd like it more if it were a pennant. It was a fun game. Three nothing win. We'll be back. Are we going to have a pod before Club America? Yeah, we absolutely should because that's like two weeks away. Columbus, Do we want to talk about the Columbus the substitution game. Games? Did you? I, I I would like everyone to read the five thirty eight article that I sent out before we talk about substitution patterns. Also, the the jersey that I wore tonight was the Cardinals soccer jersey, kind of a mashup. It had Purina across the front. That thing didn't breathe for. <laughs> Um, lovely jersey, might as well have been wearing a plastic bag. <laughs> there was a lot of people wearing those tonight. You can have a treat now because you've earned it, just like Indiana Vasilev, whatever that treat may be. <laughs> All right. 
if Berkey gets the start, I think we do an all-star game post-pod, maybe. If they don't start him, then what the I'm pretty thinking? sure he's starting. Parker probably won't start, but I think Berkey will start. When, when is it? Okay, a couple of questions. It's July 19th. Are they allowed to do unlimited substitutes? I think there's a skills competition on the 18th where we get to see like Berkey do some crazy stuff. Are they doing goalie wars? The 19th is a Tuesday. You're telling me a Tuesday night? 19th is All-Star Game. 20th is Women's World Cup first game in the group stage. 21st is first game of the League's Cup. 18th is the skills competition. Is that is that is that correct? Does anyone know if they have unlimited substitutes? Like, I don't know. Or is it is it limited? Also, it's stupid. Like we're playing Arsenal. We need to just stop doing this. There shouldn't be. I once saw Arsenal play a friendly against the Vietnamese national team. Wow! In a preseason hmm. tour, and they won nine one. But well, like the previous week, they had played the Thai national team and had won nine zero oh. <laughs> late in the game when the Vietnamese national team scored that one goal. Like the entire city like exploded. Didn't you? Didn't you tell us that um, Viet Vietnam recently lost? They gave up nine goals in World Cup qualifications. Is that what it was? Their women's team, which will be playing the U.S. on the twenty first, I think. Oh, they're actually in the World Cup. First time. They're in our group. It's the first game. Also the first time any Vietnamese national team will be playing any U.S. national team. Soccer. Berkey is doing the crossbar challenge and the cross and volley challenge. What Ooh. is the crossbar challenge? Is that where you're trying to hit the crossbar? I think he's going to be trying to hit the crossbar. That's awesome. Is it? Is this on MLS League, uh, the Apple TV thing? It is on Apple TV. I will watch it. I think he must have been practicing tonight because I saw someone hit the crossbar during warm-ups. So probably practicing for that. I think he'd be really good at goalie wars. Yeah, that's what I want to see. see. Also, if they're going to have just like, uh, what do they call it when the models walk down the, when they do their little turn on the catwalk, catwalk, he he just, you know, just a nice looking fella. Is he going to do like fear factor challenges and eat bugs? And that's our show. It was an exciting game. I'll talk to you guys next time. Or we don't have to do score predictions. No, this is a post-game pod. <laughs> <laughs>